रोशनी का कारवा दिस पॉडकास्ट इज ब्रॉट टू यू बाय बैरियर ब्रेक सॉल्यूशंस प्राइवेट लिमिटेड एंड स्कोर फाउंडेशन Hi my name is George Abraham and welcome to this edition of Iway Conversations today i have a very interesting guest on the show madhubala sharma who is a professional with a multinational company she is a family woman she is a highly educated person and a very interesting conversationalist welcome madhu to the show thank you so much george thank you for those words of introduction i think that 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 a little too much for me especially the high ed- highly educated one <laughs> <laughs> you know many years ago i think it was in the early 90s i remember my wife coming home she used to work uh, did some assignment with the school called faith academy and she came back and told me that she had seen two young girls who were blind and uh, she was marveling at the independence and the energy of those two young girls and um, over time i realized that one of them was you wow <laughs> so um, so let's start from there uh, you know your days at faith academy and later on i believe you went to delhi public school uh, so how was it like to be in a mainstream school and um, what was your experience like um firstly it was it was fantastic to be in a mainstream school i can't imagine my life uh, otherwise second that other girl that uh, your wife would have met and seen was my elder sister so we are two sisters and one brother uh, i have a younger brother and the elder sister and my sister and i monica and i didi and i both of us have the visual disability and uh, faith academy uh, so we our resource school was national association for the blind and we were one of our first kinds <laughs> who went to first um, um faith academy then dps and then of course paved way for many others uh, uh, ch- uh, many others with blindness but it was uh, it was interesting because you know we got to learn a lot i got to learn that level of independence that level of uh, you know problem solving and uh, because back in those days george you would remember that we didn't really have a lot of uh, you know ebooks we did not have uh, 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 so much you know easy access to the computer as well and so getting our books used to be a task recording our uh, lectures or 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 you know c- classes and making notes in braille used to be a little difficult we used to write our exams using a scribe in in early grades we used to give our exams using uh, uh, appear for our exams using uh, orally as well yeah i remember those days as well but the kind of independence and learning it gave us i remember i wouldn't hesitate to go up to the teacher and talk to her and tell her that ma'am i need this help but i also remember that i wasn't a very you know well spoken uh, person i didn't really know how to speak in english day one in in you know in a convent school it's uh, 
usually people speak in english and they used to be a fine if you wouldn't talk in english so day one i would talk only in hindi and i remember i told my teacher ma'am ji hamari diary kab milegi and then the teacher was a south indian and she in a south indian accent i don't remember whether it was tamil or uh, you know keralaite but in a south indian accent she said something in english which i don't remember till date and then she uh, another period went by and then i again asked ma'am ji hamari diary kab milegi so from there to now that journey has been possible because i got that kind of mainstream exposure i got to be with friends you know who are sighted i got to play with them i got to learn with them learn from them seek their help and teachers and 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 nab support so that's what happened in my mainstream school and everything else as well making uh, you know having relationships making boyfriends bunking classes uh having fun enjoying life getting scolded uh did uh, writing on teach behind teachers backs did everything like any other regular child yeah so uh madhu uh, you know uh, getting to school and going home every day one of the things my wife said uh, the two of you would very happily get into the bus and then uh, uh go so tell me a little bit about um, you know those journeys uh, were your parents kind of uh, kind of very uh, uh, positive about letting you travel on your own two blind girls in the in the buses of delhi or um, uh, did they have to kind of uh, train you to get uh, do this so it it was a journey george um it was uh, so when we were little we used to travel by the school bus and uh, my parents would drop us to the bus stop uh, in uh, you know and and make ensure that we board the bus and in the afternoon when they would uh, when we would come back from school somebody or my mom definitely would be there to pick us up that continued even when we went to dps and when we went to dps it used to be like a 13 hour long day for us my mom would put us in the school on the school bus in the morning we would get picked by the nab van we would go to nab and study there complete our homework and in the evening our dad would pick us up uh, and take us back home in this in his chartered bus but then gradually you know to my mind i thought that this cannot continue forever i remember very vividly this time when i was in grade 10 and i told uh, my father that this cannot continue forever and uh, you know we have to be independent this was uh, during summer vacation my uh, we were learning computers at national association for the blind so my dad would leave his chartered bus or uh, you know deboard the bus drop us to nab take another delhi you know bus and and bus service used to be very very poor and then go back to his office to nehru place so rk from mayapuri west delhi to arkepuram and then finally to nehru place and then the, that drill continued in the evening as well so that's when i told him uh, that you know you observe us we will go independently we will use our white cane uh, and let us go walk you know on our own let let's work with it and let's reach nab on our own and i asked him to observe us for a couple of days and one instruction that i clearly told him was that do not help us because if he would come to help us then others won't 
and we won't be able to find our way as well so i just told him to observe silently his hesitations were definitely justified my mom's and his i mean imagine two girls that two pretty girls uh going independently on the road and blind and pretty girls so that that, that was the case <laughs> but uh, finally he agreed to what i said and uh, he let us be he observed us for a couple of days he got that confidence and since then there hasn't been any looking back really we've traveled independently in on buses we've traveled you know i've traveled abroad i've traveled within the country i for work personally as well and uh, all independently yeah so after you finished with school you uh, joined lady shriram college uh, two questions here one uh, was it difficult for you as a blind young woman to uh, get admission into a college two did you get the get the subject of your choice um getting admission to a college wasn't difficult but and uh, thankfully i had the marks to you know get the subject that i really wanted to get that's a separate story that i didn't get what i wanted to get right. but admission in college for sure i did and i remember uh, you know to your part on the independent being also i uh, filled out the forms for my colleges also independently i went on the dtc the delhi buses to various colleges in north delhi and lsr because i didn't want my dad to struggle or didn't want my mom to struggle so i did the all of that independently and then there was this point when i i have wanted to pursue psychology i've been a people's person and i've been very keen to understand human behavior and you know learn about uh, emotional intelligence and various other things and this was since since my school days because in grade 11 and 12 i studied psychology and my didi my sister also went to lsr so i'd gone to lsr when i was in grade 11 to attend a uh, a class on emotional intelligence so from there my interest to study psychology grew but when i filled up the form and i said i want to pursue psychology there came an inhibition and a limitation from the college uh management and college college staff the principal everybody else there they said that i couldn't pursue psychology and that's a perception nowadays people have been studying psychology people have been you know uh, uh, uh making building careers also in that field but back then they said that you won't be able to do, do psychology because of the visual disability there are so many practicals that you need to take you won't be able to do this you won't be able to do that so on and so forth so finally i thought that if that's the case then i settled with um, english literature so i studied english uh, and i wasn't a very very good student like you know like you said i'm highly educated i was simple graduate but um, i studied i just barely managed to pass i used to spend a lot of my time in the back lawns of colleges uh, of the college uh, gossiping with friends having fun and then also of course completing my assignments because they had to be done well uh, they say uh, or some wise man says that uh, life is an ongoing university so you are being educated all the time and uh, in that context i think you're pretty well educated. you're right you're right you know and uh, there's one more blessing that i had george uh, adding to what you just said that i wanted to pursue 
psychology but i learned psychology i learned human behavior through my career through my job and i learned so much that that uh, trust me no degree could ever teach me as much as i learned in these uh, 16 17 years of my professional journey being a learning and development professional if you know of anyone with vision impairment who needs guidance on living life with blindness please share the iwe national toll free helpline number 18005320469 the number is 18005320469 yeah that brings me to my next uh, curiosity which is uh, normally uh, a visually impaired person or a blind person finds it difficult to get a job tell me your story i've been blessed and uh, i've uh, uh, i i did a couple of roles and finally settled in the role that i love the most um, when when i was a child george i've heard, i had heard that people with blindness may find this difficult they can either become musicians you also or you see them you know begging or you see them being uh, music teachers and that's about it and nothing against music but i'm not a good singer i, I have never tried my hand in singing and uh, i don't know some somehow that wasn't what i wanted to do and in my mind i would think that possibly i wouldn't get a job i would mimic teaching i would walk in my mom's sandals and uh, you know drape around her dupatta like a sari and just play that make believe teachers game but in right. my mind somewhere i would think i wouldn't be able to do anything else maybe i will just you know clean utensils somewhere because that was something that i did very well at home right <laughs> um but finally through national association for the blind when i was in college you know like i said in college i wouldn't i, I did, didn't study a lot i started working so uh, one uh, when i was in final year i got an opportunity through nab to work with ge capital international services they were trying their hand at bringing in people with blindness to um, interview people so and assess them on their voice and accent skills for hiring them Right. So a lot of people were interviewed two were selected and then two of us were underwent extensive training and finally I cleared the training and I scored the highest marks in the batch. Right. Uh with sighted colleagues I did that for about uh, 10 months as a part timer then I went on to test jaws uh the screen reading software I did that for about 13 months and then uh anubhuti mithal is a lady who you know got me to uh ge and then finally she got me to another company that i'm currently working with um i've been working with them for 16 years uh as a first as a voice and accent trainer and then for the good 15 years i've been a human minds engineer my husband is a software engineer i'm a human minds engineer as a part of behavioral learning and development and corporate training yeah so now that you've uh, talked about behavioral mind engineer uh, would you like to kind of uh, quickly tell us what this is and uh, and and um, uh, why is it important so um we are all human beings and uh, we are all uh, bundles of joy and we are all bundles of emotions as well uh, 
and like you rightly said we all constantly need to learn and grow so um within our organization i uh, i spend time in grooming people on their people management skills their leadership skills their communication skills their team building skills and uh, a lot you know uh, a lot many other skills as well so we do that level of hand holding and i do content development as well like i said you know that i learned a lot so i got myself certified on i got the opportunity to certify myself on personality profiling tools as well i'm a certified practitioner for uh, whole brain thinking i teach emotional intelligence concepts like that workshops on seven habits of highly effective people by dr steve steven r covey and then also i'm an nlp practitioner neuro linguistic programming right. so i work with people to uh, you know help them help them uh, program their language their linguistic skills as well right i can put it that way so that's interesting so uh, before we go forward uh, you know uh, you know you seem to be a people's person you seem to have a lot of friends a lot of relationships uh, as a visually impaired person i've noticed that um, in many places in colleges in schools in uh, even in socially you know visually impaired people tend to stick together uh, and and uh, connect with the outside world is only when they need help mm-hmm. uh, what are your views on this mini how have you kind of um, been able to beat this uh, stereotype and uh, what do you think is the secret behind uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what you meant is yeah <laughs> is it all about laughing and smiling or is there more to it <laughs> that's definitely one very very important thing uh, because if you smile that brings a smile on the other person's face as well right. and uh, but 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 definitely there's more to it in the sense that you see we say that put the person first disability second right and only when we can truly start practicing this ourselves can we help the world also to see us you know like that if in our minds constantly we keep thinking that oh i'm blind i need to be and you know i i just need to reach out to the world just for help then i i have i'm enabling and you know i'm thriving and i'm i'm only building on that uh, that that notion further that you know hey they, theirs is a different world ours is a different world yes. there is no different world we live in one universe one world and so um the the one thing that i have in my mind since childhood and possibly that is because i've grown with sighted children i've worked with a lot of uh, uh, you know non disabled uh peers mostly non disabled peers yeah. so that has helped me but one thing that people tell me is that when they talk to me they feel at ease and they don't even realize that i have a disability and if one is able to reach that level that you give them that comfort and you you build that interdependent you know existence yes that you help me i help you and there yes. are so many other things that i can help people with as well and i do help people with as well could it could it could be say ordering something online or it could be uh, you know writing something for someone it yes. could be anything 
so when we have that level of equation i think that helps me going in going a long way plus i've i've tested a lot of things i've i've been um i've been a sales person since childhood <laughs> <laughs> I've I've sold uh, bookmarks as a grade one, grade two child. I was in class two, and I remember. And I I wouldn't literally go door to door selling things. I would just keep things in my hand. I knew strategy since I think since childhood. I would just keep the bookmarks and calendars in my hand, and um, you know, aunties or or somebody would ask me, "Beta, what is this?" I would just then uh, that point in time I would say, "Do you read books?" This is a bookmark. You can use this, and then there, my sale was done. Right. And then, yeah, later I went on to sell cosmetics as well in college. You know, I remember people used to call me Sabun Tail Wali as well because right. I sold Oriflame um, cosmetics. People would think, how can a visually impaired person sell lipsticks? Right. How, what sense would they have of colors? But uh, I did that. and it's not about my choice it's about people's choice my work was just to show them the testers the colors the, the array of colors that was available and it was them for to uh, you know to choose to decide and my sale was done i have done that so you didn't have any problems with currency notes and stuff at that time i wouldn't hesitate in asking and then i used to organize them yeah these days currency notes is difficult i i use technology i use a, a money recognize the, the the seeing ai app and uh, you know other apps to organize my money back then uh, all back then it was a little easier because the notes sizes were different yeah i remember that yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, one to confirm i used to check and second i used to be very very organized in keeping my money separately and at times you know if if i miss out on something then for being independent one is willing to pay some cost <laughs> yeah to support our work with the blind and visually impaired you can visit the donate page on our website www.scorefoundation.org. in please note www.scorefoundation.org.in you are also a family person you you you've been married for a while you have a, a son yes. tell me a little bit about your experience of being a family person what's it like uh it's it's fun and uh it's challenging at the same time of course it can it can get stressful given these days that children are sitting at home not not much to do with the because of the pandemic but otherwise uh, so 2005 was like a turning uh, point in my life in the sense that i got my stable job in that year yeah. and i got my partner also uh, in that year i've been married to dinesh koshal since 2005 and dinesh uh, uh, you know dinesh yes. he he's also visually impaired and uh, techy um and our son namish he's 13 uh, and a half now he'll turn 14 in august um he can he he does not have the disability uh, 
we've been raising him independently in the sense that uh, it's just the three of us in the house especially since 2014 uh, you know ever since my in-laws passed on uh, um it's we play a lot together and uh, we are like any other couple we have fights we have fights uh, a lot of times uh, not because of us but because of uh, namish our son because sometimes he has one way dinesh has one way of uh, you know uh, uh, of, of dealing with a situation i have another way of dealing with the situation so like any other regular uh, parent and regular couple that's what we go through but one thing that we've constantly worked upon and ensured is that we raise him like any other child and we don't let our disability get to him so a lot of times people say and, and this, this is really really important people tell him that you are the one who has to take care of your parents and you have to grow up and you have to hold their hand and you have to do this and that and we consciously tune him out of all of that we consciously program him to understand that you know your parents are independent and your parents are doing let him live the life of a child let him live his childhood is what we ensure we <clears throat> we teach him we take tuition uh, support because in his in the initial years developing his writing skills was a challenge so we don't hesitate in taking help wherever required we manage his screen time as well like any other parent we apply parental controls right. we <laughs> we all of us we, we we go out for holidays together like anybody else and we watch movies together we watch tv series together we eat out dine out together we do sports together so that's us excellent very interesting so um, i just also have one more question which is uh, you know i have come to your office uh, i've come to your office um, uh, a couple of years ago for yes. attending an event where you were anchoring the event and i and noticed spot- and the spotlight was on you <laughs> <laughs> anyway the 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 impression i got was your workplace is an extremely crowded place it was like meaning you move left you bump into somebody you move right you bump into somebody it was like being at chandni chowk uh, so uh, and not from the point of view of the noise and the unruliness but from the point of view of uh, crowd yes uh, so uh, how how does that impact your uh, presence in the organization does it does it affect you in any way um it's first of all yes we are a big organization and uh, spread across uh, many uh, many states as well and our office is the largest office the because the main office the head office uh, it becomes very challenging with with 100% blindness i i do have that hesitation i'm not a the i i don't have the best of mobilities i wouldn't hesitate and shy away from saying that plus uh, i do have this inhibition in my head as well that i don't want to bump into people maybe being a woman and a woman with blindness i don't want to bump into people i don't want to fall down i don't want to get you know uh, mess a uh, mess a mess my feet my uh, hands into something so i do seek help i get help very often um, but it is it is definitely it has been challenging and i found my ways to be independent in the sense that 
some areas where i could explore on my own i did that i've i've been a trainer so facilitating in a in a room has been easy i ask my colleagues to orient me to the space and then i get a hang of the space and then you know it's just like being at home that becomes easy but maneuvering in cafeterias and uh, common areas definitely has been a challenge and i've been working from home since the pandemic hit us i used to work from home earlier as well on you know on some of the days when i had to do content development and things like that but now work from home has become much more acceptable so uh, you know it's it's easy for me and i'm much more comfortable much more confident and i am able to i don't have that stress on my mind of uh, you know constantly asking for help to move around in the common areas so that's my honest perspective so uh, a number of uh, young visually impaired people young parents who might have uh, relatives or children who are visually impaired uh, could be listening to this uh, podcast mm-hmm. uh, so what are some of the key learnings as a visually impaired person you've had in life or from life that you might think is important for other people um, you know as principles of life you know you talked about the <clears throat> the principles of leadership of stephen covey yes um so what are the principles of life you as a visually impaired person would like to kind of uh, promote uh, or or kind of um, share uh definitely few of them uh, that i try to live by uh, and of course everybody falters if i say something does not mean that i am a 100% expert in it but uh, one thing for sure put yourself first not the disability that's important and even for parents and relatives and siblings treating a person with visual disability or any disability like a person first becomes very important and for their holistic de- development letting us do whatever we want to do and we can do we may make mistakes we may and everybody makes mistakes but you see what happens is if if by you know as uh, accidentally if i happen to cut my finger uh, the the hawa will be much higher than anybody else any non disabled you know cutting their finger while working in the kitchen because then our disability is seen as a highlight so do not see the disability first invest in making the person as independent as possible once that is achieved i think a lot of problems get solved uh, automatically second technology is a big big enabler work on technology get your hands on technology and learn to use it this is especially for you know people with blindness learn to use it do not hesitate and think that oh i i don't think i will be able to do this do not have that sense of entitlement that because i have the disability i deserve to get this that sense of entitled entitlement creates a rift between the disabled and the non disabled and that 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 wide or that rift has to be minimized and we need to be that one world so that's my um second mantra or second suggestion also be happy live life uh, love life and be yourself mix yourself with the regular world as much as you can 
not not single out yourself as a disabled person those are the key points george i thought i would share thank you very much madhu for uh, speaking to me and being on the show it has been a pleasure and uh, wish you the very best thank you so much i wish ye roshni ka karwa this podcast was brought to you by barrier break solutions private limited and score foundation I wish you had Roshni Kaka